right, welcome back to Starting Five Podcast on SB Nation, Grizzly Bear Blue. I'm your host, the one P Shark with the guys. What's going on? I'm still the I'm still the shooting guard. I'm at uh at underscore sky later on Twitter, and nothing changed but the weather. Exactly. You already know where you can find me in the corner, always open this you got trail. Still in practice working on covering off screens and curls. So hey, be on the lookout. <laughs> Lord. Speaking of coming off screens, I'm the one that's setting the screen and rebounding these misses that these guys got going. But I'm always there to clean them up. Sheedy, you know what it is. What's going on, man? It's your man, Tev, you know, holding it down in the paint. I may be the best player in the league right now. And I may take my team to the finals because I can do it all, baby. Shout out to Jokic. <laughs> no, you sound like Russell Westbrook. That's what you sound like. I mean, he averaged 10 rebounds a game, too. So, you know, the big the game changer. All right, man. Well, we got some help today in the form of a six-man and um, senior writer, fellow senior writer for Greasy Bear Blues blog and Bryce Hayes. What's up, What's man? good? What's good? Hopefully I'm a better six-man than Harold because, you know, he didn't show up today. I'm digging the Steelers gear you got on, too, but we'll get into that another time. So, good right. Yeah. Uh, remember, follow us on Twitter at the starting five, the number five MEM, and follow Grizzly Bear Blues at SBN Grizzlies. You can also listen to us on any podcast platform Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, you name it. And listen to the other podcasts on the network and Core 4 Podcast, 3ND Podcast, and GBB Live. But first up today, Reason we have Bryce on is for our versus series. As y'all know about the versus series on Instagram, we all the artists. We are having our own Grizzlies versus series that Bryce has started. He started with a blog last week about Marcus versus Pau Gasol. And let, let him explain. So pretty much we're gonna give these guys their flowers. Pau Gasol, Marcus Saw, two of the cornerstones of the franchise. But turns out I ruffled some feathers when I said that Algasol <laughs> had a better individual Grizzlies career hmm. than Mark Saul. Apparently that's not a popular decision in this city because of what happened with the core four and everything. But, you know, when James Posey is your second best scorer <laughs> and your tenure here, <laughs> considering what they got done, wow. look, so all that other stuff with Zach Randolph to the side, Calgasol had a better career, in my opinion. But I'm gonna let y'all get y'all's piece off, and I'll respond to it. Who who go who, who going first? You go here. You start talking. Yeah, you got the mic, sir. Uh, yeah, the mic is yours, my friend. I honestly would agree with you. As far as individual player success, when Pau Gasol came into the league, he was like our first rookie. So there was a lot of expectations, you know, for him to be great, especially when you traded, you know, for Sharif. So, you know, Pau, you know, came, did his thing, put up the numbers, and he kind of got he, – he had a, a different game, and people around Memphis would call him soft. Therefore, we didn't pretty much want him around. And then we end up eventually and ironically trading him for Mark. And Mark came in, of course, at one time I call him the best center in the league. You know what I'm saying? That was definitely, you know, because he had Zebo, because he had Mark, um, because he had TA, because he had Mike. But if you put compare, you know, both of the players and just individually, if you put if you replace, you know, Mark and Powell, could we have seen the set the, the you know more success? I possibly think so, because I think Powell has more of a smoother game that would have matched a lot better with Zebo, especially when you spread it out 
So that you know, that that's something right there. But as far as like those coming in and in, into in, the grid point, like you did a great blog, by the way. And I, I respect I respect yeah. every point that you made, you know, especially you know, somebody that watched Pagasol. Like you said, James Posey. Come on now, you put CA on the team with with, with Pagasol and he's easily the second best player. Yeah. Like <laughs> a lot of Mark Gasol's, you know, accolades and things came from because he played with better players otherwise than Powell. And see, people don't want to respect that either, because when I raised the point that you could put Mark Gasol on Powell's teams and you're not getting that same level of success. But if you put Powell on the grit and grind teams, they probably better. Like we call we call Powell soft, which I mean, mm-hmm. to a degree he was. But considering those teams he was on, he was having to carry the load on both sides of the floor. And he wasn't just known to be a shutdown defender, but when you go back and look at all the analytics and everything, even though I'm not just the biggest fan of him, and you want to kind of tell with the eye test, he wasn't as bad as people put him up to be defensively. Mm-hmm. It's like Marcus Saul's defensive player of the year that season, Powell had two seasons just like that statistically, but we'll never hear about that. All we'll hear is, oh, Powell was soft. Powell didn't play defense. He played defense. He just doesn't have a Tony Allen. He didn't have a Zach Randolph. He didn't have a Mike Conley to make it look better than what it really was. He was spending all his energy on offense. (laughs) Exactly. Right right, you over there in my head, buddy. That's exactly where I wanted to go with. I think if you're going to if you're going to go straight up as far as like who's the better player overall, I think you I think you definitely have to lead towards Powell Gasol. I think offensively he was much better than his brother was. Um, especially with Powell Gosal basically being the focal point of that Memphis Grizzlies team. I don't think at any point Mark Gosal, again, kudos to Mark Gosal and everything that he did um, for the community and for the core four, but he was never, to, in my opinion, the focal point of an offense. And so um, you look at the statistically, you look at Powell Gosal offensively, he, he had much better numbers. And then, like I said, I think you were just in my head with Mark Gosal. He definitely he, he had um, defensive player of the year uh, over years, but Again, like you said, he had Tony Allen. He had Zach Randolph. He had a good perimeter defense around him. So there were some times where he was just, kind of, in my opinion, able to kind of eat and feed off of the, of the help that he had, which Palgasol, in my opinion, never had the help. So if you want to go, who you want to, if, to this versus about who had the better career overall, like straight up, my opinion was Palgasol. Palgasol, when he was with the Grizzlies team, when he was on the Lakers team, was really good offensively, and he was probably known as one of the best big men in the league. He just, of course, didn't get that, that recognition because he was in Memphis. So, um, I'm going to be honest. Bryce, your your blog was that good that it swayed my opinion. Mm. Um, <laughs> I think, honestly, it was more so a personal preference because I remember I remember Powell playing here, and he was off. Man, I'm just be honest. But he was the number one option, and I don't think that was that wasn't him. He's you saw what he did when he got to the Lakers. Perfect. He's a number two. Same thing with Mark. Mark is not a number one, and he played a number two, number three role outside after Zebo Mike. So I think just Powell was out of his element, but he also did the best he could while in the element. And if you just comparing them versus Belder, one versus one, who's the better player between the two? Yes, Powell is Belder. Personal preference, I prefer Mark because I prefer just more of a tougher guy. But even then, really, Powell Gasol's style was really finesse more so than him being yeah. soft. Yeah, I had to, yeah. even me just getting older, had to understand it. At the younger age, you like, mm-hmm. nah, I'm getting older, you like, okay. And then one argument that a lot of fans presented to me was, well, Powell didn't shoot threes. Well, 
that wasn't the style of play when Powell was here. The big man mm-hmm. didn't, outside of Dirk Nowitzki, big men weren't shooting threes. Kevin Garnett would shoot two or three a season. Tim Duncan would shoot one at the buzzer. But outside of that, nobody was just shooting threes like that. Once Powell, <laughs> once Powell got to L.A., that's when he started shooting threes. Mark really didn't shoot threes. Powell, when he was, Powell three was a mid-range. Yeah, Powell's three was the mid-range, and he did damage in the mid-range. And then Absolutely. when you look at both of their careers, you have to look at what they had to deal with. What is the biggest problem in Memphis franchise history? The front office. The front office was pitiful. Powell's run. When I was a little kid, yeah, I hated Powell Software asking for a trade. But when I go back through it, I completely understand why you wanted out. Six coaches in seven years? Exactly. Who can do anything with that? Exactly. There's no consistency. You can't learn a system if you're learning something new every year. Mark had the ability to get comfortable under Lionel Hollins because Lionel Hollins was here. The system was here. You knew what you were going to do entering every season, and they did damage with it. Powell never had that option. And guess what? The one year that they did, Mike Fratello was here, and they had the second-best defense in the league, and they made the playoffs. Granted, they didn't do anything with it because guess what? They weren't going to beat – Popovich and the Spurs, they weren't going to beat the seven seconds or less Suns, and they weren't beating Dirk. Those teams weren't built to do that. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Trevor. I know you're about to say something before I go. Uh, no, because I'm with Sharky because the article actually swayed me as well because I was more in the lines of going with Mark just because of his toughness and things of that nature. And it's easy to point to the – overall success that the Grizzlies had during Mark's time here and easily say that he was the better career. But if you really just break it down and just look at the numbers, like Powell blows blows him out of the water pretty much. And his best season with the Grizzlies, he only played half a season. He was like 21 and 10. Uh, that I think that was his actually his last year, his last full season before he axed out. Um, so, of course, we do give Powell a lot of flack for his style of play of being finesse and things of that nature. Um, but, of course, look what he had to work with. And like Bryce said, James Posey was your second leader scorer that wasn't named Mike Miller at 13 yeah. in the game. So that's almost – well, that's a seven-point drop-off between Powell, who was giving you 20, almost 20 and 10 a night. So, um, I'm with you there. Yeah. Um, and as I think about it, um, I, that article was very, very well-written, um, Bryce. Um, and Appreciate that. I think one, yeah, no problem. I think one thing we do kind of – we haven't talked enough about it, I haven't heard yet, is there were times when we had to actually run the offense through Mark Gasol. Um, at pivotal times and stretches in games. And it, it worked um, because that was a style that we had to adopt. However, again, you've named, you know, the second best player and third best player in that that order. But Paul Gasol went to the Lakers and did exactly what he was supposed to do, be the second um, person on a team and can kind of run the offense through as well. Um, the triangle offense is ran through a someone a big, so to speak. Um, and he proved his worth. Um, I think personally i would take you know marcus saw i would still say i would take marcus saw um because of his overall how big he is and this his rim protection and he does have a a decent offensive repertoire um not as well as powell um however if we're talking about grizzly's careers 
Um, Powell definitely has the upper hand on the Grizzlies' career. And clearly, overall career, he has two rings compared to Mark's one. Um, with something else as well. So um, shout out to Powell for that. Um, but Mark is still a great, great player. Um, what he did for Memphis and you know what he helped Toronto do as well, um, even though I think Nick Nurse didn't do things right with him. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But again, this is about the Grizzlies and the Grizzlies' career of Powell, I think, is not shined on enough as opposed to his brother, Mark. And let me say this. And I also remember that Tim Duncan three-pointer, by the way, against the Phoenix Suns. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just, I'm I'm just also just sitting here looking at it. Like I'm, I know offense wasn't Marcus All's thing, but I mean, if you just go back and look at like career numbers, like <laughs> Marcus and Marcus literally averaged like 18, 19 a game, which I think there's only one point in Marcus All's career where he averaged more than 14 and 15. And so again, I know that's not his game, but hey, let's look at rebounds. Marcus actually averaged more rebounds than Marcus from what it looks like. Oh, so I want to hear that. <laughs> right, exactly. I don't know. So, they don't. Right. So again, to and where and which again, it's, I just got to look when Marcus was there by himself, he was still. Getting buckets, he was still the focal point of the team and still had better numbers than Marcus Saul. So I think if people want to say Marcus Saul was better, well, I mean, again, to, uh, I think how the article was put out, I mean, I guess you want to say that because I guess uh, Marcus Saul had a better run with the Grizzlies. But if we're going to go again straight up versus battle, let's, let's look at the totality of everybody's just, football play. Just look at those rosters, dude. Like, it's bad. <laughs> It's bad. <laughs> it is bad. Man, oh my god. What would y'all say? My bad. My bad. I'm sorry. I'm saying also with Mark's defensive player of the year. Outside of Memphis, nobody thought he should have won defensive player of the year. I'm gonna be real. I went back and looked at that season. You know who had a better defensive rating than Mark Gasol? Mike Conley. Tony yeah. Allen. Tony, Tony Allen. And there was one more lie that people tried to drive to that article that I wasn't quite fond of. And they were saying that Mark Gasol was the driving force of that run. No, he was not. Mark Gasol was important, but Zach Randolph Randolph. Randolph. Of that run, let's and let's that. not let's not underrate Mike Conley's like contributions to that. Team I mean, Mike, Mike Conley was important. Captain Conley was a guy. That's why he's the captain. But Marcus Saul was not the driving force of the Great and Grind era. I'm sorry, I value everything Mark did, but let's stop the cap. Zach Randolph and Tony Allen were the reason that run is what it was. Looking, looking back at it, let's have some fun with this. Who do y'all think was Paul Gasol's best teammate? I'm in Memphis, I'm, I'm, I'm in Memphis of course, in Memphis. Oh, I'm going to go with Jason right. Williams. I'm going to go Jason Williams. Hey, I was a huge Monty Williams fan, so yeah. I'm going to stick with him. <laughs> <laughs> I still got a Monty Williams jersey over here. Jeez, that's a classic. Ooh, right. classic. That's a classic, Loki. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's a good one, right? Mike Miller. I'm gonna go Mike. I'm going yes. Mike. Shane Betty. Mike. Mike I gotta go Mike. Shane, Shane Betty is a good one. Dang. Stro Mile. Stro Mile. That's a name for you. <laughs> That's Stro Mile with Dunkin' Hill. Yeah. That's I'm gonna go. I'll go with uh, Mike Miller though. Yeah. Same. Yeah. It's, it's gotta be Mike Miller, and then yeah. I would probably put Jason Williams after that. Yep. 
Posey would be hired if it wasn't just for like one year. One season. Mm-hmm. I mean, who else would you say? Like, I can't think of anybody outside of Stromile Swift <laughs> and Shane Battier that we hadn't just straight out say, yeah, that was. A- I mean, I mean to, be, to be real, Jason, we was kind of on our side. He kind of what? What did, what did Jason Williams do? Jason, Jason Williams kind of on that. You know, he had a little swag. <laughs> yeah, but he came from a wide. Yeah, I guess so. you're reaching at that point. You're yeah, reaching. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. He <laughs> yeah, had swag though. All right, so move on from that. Um, the Grizzlies made a couple hires over the weekend. I hope I pronounced these names right. So bear with me. They hired a MIT coach, uh, another female. Um, Sonia Raymond. Yeah, I hope I said that correctly. Pretty sure it's uh, better than my pronoun. My pronoun. <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure it is. Yes, uh, she came from MIT, so she she basically replacing uh, Neil Ivy, who uh, took the Notre Dame job back in March. Um, but yeah, she been in, she was at MIT uh, Massachusetts Institute of Technology for twelve years since two thousand eight. Um, won a couple of championships there. <laughs> Made the champion game another season, so so welcome aboard. And also today we had hired the Suns assistant, Darko Rajak Rajakovic. I hope Rajakovic. Okay. If it ain't Darko Milicek. <laughs> yeah, it just sounds like we're gonna have to get both of them a nickname. We're gonna have to yes. exactly. Yeah. These names ain't gonna stick. <laughs> <laughs> we have to get them all nickname. All right. But yeah, uh, after that, uh, let's go and get to the playoff talk. Let's start with the Eastern Conference since we know who the Eastern Conference Finals is. Between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about the Conference Finals. We ain't even go back further. We'll talk about the other teams later. Who y'all got? Y'all know me and Sheedy. I'm going to roll with you and Sheedy. I got the Heat in six. Ooh. I got Miami in six. Because I... Because I just feel Boston honestly should have wrapped up the Raptors in five, five, six at the most. Um, of course, I got to give my credit where credit is due to Toronto for pushing it to seven. But I, I just think Miami has the pieces to really knock off Boston. Like Jay Crowder and Jay Crowder, Jimmy Butler, Andre Iguodala, they're going to bother Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. For Boston to even have a chance, Kimball Walker is going to have to play lights out for the entire series. Like, he's going to have to average around 25 this series for Boston to even have a chance. So, Miami in six. Wow. Boy. Golly. Okay. It sounds like we got a lot of people going in the, the, the Miami Heat route. I'm actually going Boston in seven, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going Boston in seven. I, I love um, the, the duo of, of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I love how mature they, they've become over the past couple of years. Um, I love them. Uh, got Kimball Walker, who I think he struggled quite a bit um, in the last series versus the Raptors, but I think he's I think he may be able to do be able to do a little bit more um, going into this uh, going into this series with um with uh with the heat. So I think that along with I think just Brad Stevens' ability to 
could do multiple things defensively uh, to whether that bother, whether that to be to bother Jimmy Butler or bother the shooters of Tyler Hero and 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 Duncan Robinson and things like that. Um, and I'm not sure who's guarding Bam Adebayo. That's that's a big one. I'm not sure who for the Celtics is guarding him. Maybe um, the Thice guy or whatever. Maybe he's, he's been he's yeah he's been he's been pretty good. Um, but I just like the tandem of Jalen Brown and, um, and Jason Tatum just to be able to throw multiple defenders at Jimmy Butler. But you may not be able to, you may be able to hold him a couple games under 20, 25 here, but to be able to, to got to bother him, you got to also bother the shooters. And I think they have the length um, in the bodies to do that. So give me Boston in seven. I'm with you, Boston in seven. There you go. Smart man. I don't, I don't think Jimmy Butler is going to let them go down early, but I do think after a while, Boston is just going to end up wearing them down. Like, although I know Miami has probably the better shooting team, it's just something about that Boston team that I don't think they're going to just lay down and go home. Um, I think they're destined for a finals run, and I think we're destined for a Lakers-Celtics final down in Orlando. I would like a, a, a Lakers-Celtics finals. Of course, that'd be cool. But like I've said, give me give me Heat in six, man. Um, when you look at when you, when you when you look at what the Heat have, I think once they find the weakness in 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 the Boston Celtics, once they see any kind of just thing. They gonna attack it, and I think when you got when you when you looking at this kind of Miami Heat basketball, like they're playing with the energy since day one of championship winning basketball, and it's definitely relevant in the bubble. I think at, at some point in the bubble, especially around this time when the players are tired, it's not about you know talent per se. It's more so who won it the most. And I think Jimmy Butler, you know, what I'm saying he was kind of you know last days you know, to some degree last series. I don't think we're going to see that same Jimmy Butler. I think because there's a chance that, oh, shoot, I may go to the NBA Finals in a bubble, I think that's something that's going to push Jimmy Butler to the level. It's like, all right, give me the ball, get, get the hell out of the way, or bam, let's come set this pick and roll, let's win this thing for us. So I, I got the Heat in six. I don't see the Celtics making it not yet. They're, they're a piece away from making the NBA Finals. But, you know, if I'm wrong, cool, because the Celtics are a good team. And this this is a matchup I've been waiting for for a very long time. So I'm going to roll with the Heat. So I go first before she finishes off since he's the actual Miami fan and I'm really just a more Jimmy Butler fan rooting for the Heat. <laughs> so <laughs> to the exact point you just made uh, about Jimmy Butler is my, I guess, somewhat worry going to just think about the series. But I ain't seen enough out of Kimball Walker. That series, seeing how that series ended against Toronto and Kimball Walker having five points in one game and. Mm-hmm. Five, yeah, I think he had less than 10 points in like two or three of those games. I saw enough on there to let me know, like, okay, it's pretty much Jason Taylor and Jaden Brown. They're going to be consistent. On our end, you got Jimmy Butler. You got the shooters, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. I think Jimmy Butler has to be more aggressive coming out. He can't be way to the fourth quarter. And that's why he's getting on John Moran about. Like, he always starts the game off trying to get the team involved. Now nah, you're the best player on the team. You need to go out and get yours. It opens everybody else up. There you go. But – I pick Heat playing seven. Thank I think Jimmy Butler in game seven. seven. Jimmy Butler in game seven is going to take it. Mm. All right. All right then. All right. Well, listen. This is one thing I, I definitely want to do. I want to give I want to give Jalen Brown his props because we haven't, and I haven't. Um, and when his props, I'm talking about in the playoffs. Um, he's guarded the number the four in all series, whether that was Al Horford who we who went up missing in the playoffs 
or Pascal Siakam, who also went missing in the playoffs. Jalen Brown stepped up defensively and offensively and proved a great point in the bubble in this season. That man needs to get – he needs to restructure his contract and get even more money than he's getting right now. With all that being said, he can D up Jay Crowder all he wants. All he wants. Okay? And Jay Crowder, if he gives us six, fabulous. But I got the heat in six. Wow. And you lucky, you lucky I'm going six. Oh, wow. I think, I think because here's, here's the thing. First of all, I think we might give him the first game and then it's over after that. But Kimba Walker is going to allow Kendrick Nunn to actually play some because of size. Mm. So Kendrick Nunn hasn't had a chance to really get his feet wet back into the playoffs. And I think him giving us an unexpected 10 to 12 a game is going to be huge. And now on the flip side of that, the Celtics are going to have an issue. The Celtics' issue is Brad Stevens. And the issue I have with Brad Stevens and the Celtics is not how great of a coach he is. It's how he adjusts when he gets his stars back. If y'all don't remember, Gordon Hayward, Gordon Hayward will be coming back. But let's let's go back a little bit. There was a time. Are you about to order a McDouble? Even order Travis Scott meal. That's what he's about to order. <laughs> um, but there was a period of time where the Celtics made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. They did that without Kyrie. They did that without Gordon Hayward. Okay. When they came back that next season, wasn't the same team, but they were supposed to be better off. This team is going to get Gordon Hayward in between game two or game three of this series. He's going to come back. And that's going to mess up the rotation that the Celtics already have. So it's going to be on Brad Stevens to get that rotation together and tight because I think Marcus Smart is really demanding more minutes now with how he's been playing. However, Heat and six. And I think the other reason I'm willing to go Celtics is to the player that you just mentioned, which I think he's been huge for the Celtics throughout this playoff run, is Marcus Smart. I think he's the reason why nobody's really too much talking about the struggles that Campbell Walker's had, which Marcus Smart has played amazing. He's played great defense. He's also made timely, timely shots um, towards the end of the fourth quarter. And so that's been able to spare Kemba Walker. I think if you don't – if you, you're going to – if you're not able to contain Marcus Smart, then I think the Heat have a huge problem. I'm not sure who's guarding Marcus Smart, even though I, that's a lot to say. That's a lot to say because it's Marcus Smart. But again, he's been able to go off here over the at least the last series against the Raptors, who have been known to have a really good defense. And I know that he that he'd have a really good defense too. But you got to somehow somebody be slow him down a little bit. Right, we got Andre Godala for that. We Can I make Andre, a bold prediction? I'll put Justin Robinson on him. Okay. 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 Marcus Smart is not going to average more than 10 points a game. Thank you. Yeah. I don't think that's a bold. I don't that's not bold. We got to guess. We got to guess. I don't think it is because a lot of people are going to expect Marcus Smart because based off of last series, based off the whole bubble, really, like he's been doing his thing. But I think that he's going to get neutralized definitely this game. Like he's going to be match effort forever for sure. Like him seeing 10, 10 points a game is nah, he can he can do it, but he's not, you know. Hey, Parsco. The reason I don't think it's that bold is because eventually he's going to have to come back to earth. And it's the same thing with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is not a great three-point shooter. 
but for some reason he's been hitting lately. <laughs> Marcus Smart hit what six threes the other night. I don't think Marcus Smart's ever done that in his life. <laughs> so eventually, both of them are going to come back to earth. I think Marcus Smart will play well on both sides of the floor, but I don't think the offensive explosion he had the last couple games against Toronto is going to continue. On the other hand, like. Kimball Walker, I think, is going to take advantage of what he's getting from Miami. I think for some reason, Lowry and I guess his build is bad for Kimball, but for some reason, he tends to struggle against Kyle Lowry. Why just can't because, be because Kyle Lowry can play good defense? Stop it. Let's go. No, he, I mean, he played good defense. Whoa. We're not talking about Toronto. Don't do We're not it. talking about Toronto. You right. We talking about Kyle Lowry. He brought he brought Kyle Lowry up. They ran a box. And he, he put his body based on like. Come on. <laughs> I think it, I think it matters. I think it matters. Kimmel Walker's not that big. Kyle Lowry has a little brawn to him. You put put a body on somebody for thirty minutes a game, it's gonna wear you out. I can't say this, uh, Kimball. Uh, I mean, Kyle Lowry. It's a difference with Goran Dragic and Kendrick Nunn guarding you than Kyle Lowry. That's a huge yeah. difference. This so I can't see Kimball having a whole much, a whole lot of better series. Then Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are going to get theirs. Now, the Autobio issue, I think we're going to see even more of Robert Williams. Mm-hmm. Robert Williams can run with yeah. Autobio. Tice is what he is, but Robert Williams, I think, actually matches up well with Autobio. Autobio will get his, but I don't think it's going to come as easy as it's come the first couple rounds. That being said, I don't think he's gonna be as. I think he's still gonna get it. Like the numbers aren't gonna be drastically different, but he's gonna have to struggle to get it. He's gonna have a body on him for for this round. Robert Williams is a big dude. Daniel Tice is gonna be out there, but I think his his minutes are gonna shrink. Mm-hmm. Grant Williams will be out there, and I think eventually he's gonna become unplayable. Agree, and I think because I don't think Tice, I don't think Tice is quick enough to guard out of value. Which to your point, that's where that's where Robert Williams comes in. He's going to be at least somewhat quick enough to at least be able to stay in front of Bam a little bit. Also with Bam, same thing with Jimmy Butler. He needs to be more great. It's a it's a such thing as being unselfish and passing too much. Both him and Jimmy Butler pass too much to me. I think we could have finished been finished Milwaukee off today and just simply took the shots that they had instead of passing the ball as much as they did. But y'all ready to move to the Western Conference? No, okay. well, the oh, Western Conference isn't ready to move on to the Western Conference Finals. So we yeah. well, <laughs> well, we still got that's the big game seven winner. <laughs> Clippers right. since the Clippers didn't want to close them out in five or six with the double digit, double digit leads they had in the second half of both games might I add who y'all got for game seven Denver mm. no hesitate Denver Sheesh. the Clippers are done like, I've seen that body language before it's, it's over like Kawhi may be used to playing in a game seven but it doesn't matter it's, it's mental at this point I, I want to say shout out to Michael Porter Jr. That statement he made after Game Four, and everybody got on him. I agree with that statement one hundred percent about what he said about them passing the ball. They run the offense through. Murray and Jokic is good. They're the best players, but y'all got to move the ball against a team like the Clippers. And he stepped up and hit that game win, uh, game clinching shot in Game Six or Game Five. Then they come back today. So, I don't know who I'm picking. Somebody, <laughs> I, give me nuggets. 
When you somebody, like this, somebody else go. Back to back three ones. Let's go. Give me nuggets. They're going to finish them off. I have no idea why I'm picking this team to win, but I'm taking the Clippers to win game seven. I have no idea. That's literally all I have. I don't know why I'm picking the the Clippers, but to to Bryce's point, to Sarge's point, the Clippers look shook coming out of game six. They look absolutely shook. They had no idea what to do. Um, Lou Williams forgot that he was on the team. Montrezl Harrell, he was a six-man months ago. Like, I'm not sure. Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers, I, I've been telling y'all for years about Doc That's Rivers. Right and there's, this series should have been over with games ago. And the fact that it's not, he better not lose this series. He better not lose this series because he, this spot out is going to be on him very much. But I'm still going Clippers. I have no idea why. Hmm. What do you got, Trevor? Let him go last. Oh, okay. That's fine. I'm, I'm still thinking. I don't even know. <laughs> 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 okay, well, I'll, I'll go. I'll pick up. Um, here's my thing. The Clippers, Kawhi, amazing. Paul George, Doc Rivers, Game 7 scenarios, not too favorable. Nuggets have proven that they can win in Game 7s. The Nuggets have proven that they come back 3-1. Nuggets have proven that they know how to play basketball for 48 minutes. Nuggets have proved that they can, like, ah, I can get rid of, yeah, well, uh, it wouldn't be 3-3 if they couldn't. And they also have proved that they could put a bad game away and just, all right, we just a move bad, on. Bad half. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and so something's going on with, with Mike Malone. Um, I think he can get them there to the promised slam in the Western Conference Finals, but after that, it, it's, it's curtains. And I think, to your point, Scott, I think Doc Rivers is on the hot seat because the amount of talent the Clippers have, and if they don't see the Western Conference Finals to a game six or seven, I think that he's very much on the hot seat about that. But again, his track, Doc Rivers' track record, along with Paul George's track record, you can throw Patrick Beverly's track record in there for game sevens. Not too impressive. Nuggets. Oh, golly. Too. <laughs> give me, golly. Give me, Nuggets. You ready? Yeah, give me nuggets okay. for the exact same reason Scala said. I don't know why, but I just think the Clippers are done. <laughs> don't know why. I, Paul George is going to so You look just like how the Clippers did. You look just like how the Clippers did. <laughs> 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 Paul George Kawhi is going to be Kawhi, but I just think at this point, like, Jokic's having the game that he had today, and then Jamal Murray having a decent game, too, to go right behind it. It's great. I think Mike Malone is going to get them there. I think Doc Rivers is shook at this point, along with the uh, the team. So I don't know why, but give me the Nuggets to win this. I, I think it's destiny for them at this point. What up, too? You picked the Nuggets to make the finals before the season started. Am I the only one who still saw that they was going to go past the game five? And now some people are picking the Nuggets to – what is going on? I think <laughs> I, going on? I see it, see it. A lot yeah. of us picked the Clippers to win this game and close it out, but yeah, for them to not only lose the game but blow another double-digit lead in the process of losing this game, it's like, yeah, like something. Let me tell you, I I'm know. watching football. I see the score at seventy-three to fifty-five. I'm like, I just know the Nuggets ain't about to come back again. I must turn, watch some more football, and turn back to this game, and it is seventy-nine to seventy-seven. 
They won like a 15 to nothing run after that. So the, here's what I got to say about the Nuggets. Who they, I, like I said, I, I, I got them winning. And like to y'all point, the Clippers just look exhausted. They look done, and they have literally no answer for Jokic whatsoever. You can put Kawhi on him. Jokic is still tuning in his face. You can put Paul George on him. Jokic is still putting his face. Like, he's playing like the best player in the bubble right now. And he, you got to also think that the system that Mike Malone has installed in this Nuggets team has been going on for two, three years. Now the players are getting experienced. They get more confident, especially Jamal Murray. His, his confidence is through the roof. So, he, and it's my he think he the best player. And yes, Sharky, to your point, shout out to to, to, to Junior because he did he, he was damn right. Like let's let's get some ball movement, y'all. We we trying to win. And if a Ricky can come in and say that, and I don't think it's too too respectful, too disrespectful to Mike Malone because he, he was right. And I'm pretty sure like a lot of people saying, Oh, he could have handed it behind closed doors. Yeah, but who cares? Whatever he he got him to start playing basketball. And he's hit the big he hit the big shot at game five. So obviously he was right. So give me give me Nuggets yeah. game seven. They got the complete better team. They got the better system. Doc Rivers for a black coach. I still want him to have a job in the NBA, but I, who knows, man? The Clippers may go a different route. Even though this year's year one of the Paul George and Kawhi experiment, I don't think that they should fire him just yet. Definitely. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they'll fire him either. It's only been no. one year with that with that yeah. team. I don't think they'll yeah. fire him. But he, he's definitely going to be on the hot team. Oh, as he should. As he should. And you got to realize, like prior, like during the season before the shutdown, like. This is probably the longest that this team has actually been together. Yeah. Because like, mm-hmm. during the season, like, either Paul George was out of the lineup or Kawhi was out of the lineup or somebody was out of the lineup. And then they record was like, what, 12 and 1, 12 and 2 when they were all playing, like, during the season before the shutdown. So, oh, the Nuggets have the chemistry. So, like I said, I'm, I don't know why I'm picking them, but give me the Nuggets. Uh, you, it's a reason why. Just say they're the better team. Am I the only one that picked the Clippers? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Phew. Okay. I mean, you know, I, it felt like I was the only one that had them going past game five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you were. I give you, you, you your flowers we'll on that you one. That you, yeah. you, you deserve it. It's to be alone sometimes, Kyle. If you're right, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Both right. my teams should ain't the crib, so I hey, But I do like what I'm seeing from the Nuggets. Look, man, I played on a lot of losing teams in college. I know that body language. <laughs> It's over. Right. It's over. Yeah. Right. We know. And she can play. We play. Uh, mm-hmm. I know this. I know this. That feeling. It's <laughs> over. All right, man. So let's introduce our new segment Trade Talk. Shout out to Took for this. As a matter of fact, Took, you explain it. Yeah, so I was getting, uh, you know what I'm saying, a couple ideas just in my mind, you know, and watching a bunch of ESPN make the little trade trackers or whatever trade deals that they got going on some trade machine yeah yeah trade machine some trades are really good but eight times out of ten they're garbage so i'm like you know what i got five of my buddies six of my buddies on the online and i'm pretty sure we be thinking of trades you know especially playing on 2k and trying to think of a best way to better our team so i'm like you know what why not you know establish our own thing especially if it comes to you know fruition you know i'm saying we get a trade Right, so it's a it's a lot of uh, pieces that'll be going around in the sun this summer, especially next summer. And I was like, you know what? Let's see what happens. So let, let, let's go with it. Trade talk. What what we got? Come up with the best deals. We talk about if we like it, we like it. We don't, we don't. All right, let's do two. Let's do one grizzly related and another one non grizzly related. Hmm. Okay. Um, 
Well, I'll bring up the one Parker did on Twitter that's Grizzlies related, uh, which I thought was actually a pretty decent deal. Uh, basically, you flip Gorgie, Grayson Allen, and my career, Dylan Brooks, uh, to Houston. <laughs> to Houston for uh, Eric Gordon and uh, Bob Covington. Um, Done. I like yeah. it. I, actually, I think uh, Justin had put. Wait, Parker put it too. I, th- I think it was, this is just. I think it was Justin. Yeah. I'm sorry. Shout out to Justin. Yeah. Sorry about that, man. I agree. Done. That's easy. Yeah. Not even. Not even without. <laughs> no questions <laughs> asked. Not even but but the, I think for me, the main reason I will pull the trick on is just because you have a you have a veteran score in Eric Gordon that that allows you to to just to get a veteran presence in to get somebody older on the team. Uh, so that's the main reason that I would pull, and just because you've seen Eric Gordon um, over the years be able to to make baskets uh, when they're needed. So that's that's the main reason I pull. I'm still a little iffy on Dylan Brooks, though. Um, and then for me, with Bob Covington, you get that Covington three and D guy that you desperately needed. Yes. Um, someone that if you he can he can you can put him in the starting lineup for Kyle, or if not, you could have a man in the second unit with uh, Brandon Clark, Tyus Jones, and all that thing. Basically, he provides spacing on the floor, and like I said, he's a 3 and D guy, so someone Memphis desperately needs. Um, still got a little stock in Dylan, but if this trade was presented, I definitely would pull the trigger on Memphis. I, I like this trade. That shot's going to Eric Gorn, who's pretty consistent, especially from three, and there's more shots going to, you know, John, of course, Jaron, but I think with Covington, you get somebody who got experience playing the three, four, and five, and you can't give that up. <laughs> Especially at the five. <laughs> I, I know we'll, we'll oh, reserve the rocket slander uh, for later. Um, but you, you take this trade, um, Gordon immediately provides more like instant offense. Um, and Robert Covington is a guy, not to y'all's point, you can put him at a three, four, or five. <laughs> Unfortunately, I hope we don't put him at the five. Uh, the four, um, you play. got some teams that would, yeah, and that and that's something that right with us right now. They're back to pack, um, but like you know, and Rob Covington and Eric Gordon, like I said, Eric Gordon is the instant offense, but uh, Covington is an awesome uh veteran as well. Both are veterans, but I'm still high on Grayson Allen. Um, I think he's got a lot that he can do for us. Um, and so I'm not as quick to pull the trigger as everyone else would be, um, just because of the potential I can see in Grayson Allen. Um, and Eric Gordon, the only thing that would hurt me about Eric Gordon is just his injuries. That's it. Yeah. I think you all pretty much presented great points. All I'll say is Grayson Allen, if he can continue what he did in the bubble, mm-hmm. I'm not putting him in that trade just because Oh yeah. Uh, just because of where Houston's trending, we might be able to get it for less. Yeah. Yeah. I so maybe I can blow it off. You're right. You're right. Hold yeah. up before I give up a young Ooh. guy that actually right. get buckets off the bench and give up Dylan Brooks, even though it can be inconsistent. But if we can get Dylan Brooks in a role where he can come off the bench and just cook with no worries with John Morant or Jaron Jackson getting theirs. We're in a whole lot better position. We need someone like Covington to be three and D, but if we can get them for cheaper than what they're presenting, then do that. Yeah. Don't sell the future for right now. Because, like I said on the 
Core Four podcast the other day. We're still a year away from being a year away. Shout out to Bruno Caboclo. But there's no reason to try and build for a real finals run in year two of real year two of a rebuild. Bryce, you kinda sound familiar. You kinda kinda sound like somebody I know. Wonder who that is. <laughs> I don't know, man. It might just be the Memphis in me. I don't know. <laughs> no, you, you sound like me, man. I, I feel the same way. Um, definitely going into next season with the Grizzlies. Um, but like Dylan Brooks, gone, I, I can't wait to see how Dylan Brooks and the Grizzlies turn out because if he continues what he did in a bubble into next season, you're going to have a lot of, 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 of upset Grizz fans. And that's the, the nice way of putting it. Like I say, uh, well, we are gone to the next trade. Obviously, after this, but my thing with the Brooks, even if he's starting at the end of the coaching, if you tell him to give a three and D row, he was very good catch and shoot, and he was a very good defensive player. If he's gonna start three and D row or come out the bench and do everything he was doing starting lineup, but anyway, else have a trade? I do. Me and Trevor actually talked about it uh, the other day uh, when I brought up the the, the the conversation. And that's, you know, of course, make the money work. But, you know, Chris Paul for Eric Blesso will be a good trade for both teams, I feel. No question. Um, when, you, when, you, when you look at what Milwaukee needs is that leader at the point guard. And Eric Blesso is a great player, don't get it wrong. But he's not a, a organization-leading kind of point guard. You know, he's not a team-leading point guard. He's a great player who can score and can play great defense. But when you look at what Chris Paul can bring to an organization, especially like we seen last season, that's leadership, that's hitting the big shots, that's setting up an offense, making the best pass. And, and I think – you know, getting the most out of players is number one because, like, like he, he made Blake Griffin an all-star. You know what I'm saying? And once they departed, besides the injuries, I don't think Blake Griffin would have been one before. And that's credit to, you know, what Chris Paul can bring to your organization and, you know, to your team. You know, so I think that'll be a, f- a fresh straight up, you know, you know, you're showing Giannis you want to win now as the Bucks right now, too, because there's a chance he won't be there past next season. You're being generous when you say Eric Blessow is a great player. Very, very, I, I, I mean, very, I like, very, no, he's a good player. He's I like good. He's a good player. But if you, I, I like, replace, if you swap Eric Blessow with Chris Paul, I don't think Miami, I don't think we beat Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee is going to the finals if you swap them to their last series. Oh, oh no. No question. So that's I'm, I'm still skeptical about giving Chris Paul $41 million. Sorry. I understand what he did like with this past year. Great year. Great, great year. I'm still being tied to Chris Paul for that long with that with that amount of cap hit still bothers me. I'm sorry. I, I, think I honestly wouldn't do it. My own argument, my argument I, is that it's two years left on the deal and Giannis is free agent next year. So they gotta make a win next year move. Yeah. And to me, that's a win next year move. That's a win next year move, but but I and, to that point, I still don't think that puts you at the top of the East. Still don't. And Especially with Brooklyn. Point, go ahead. You can, you can make your, your point. Contract. Yeah. With Brooklyn, I, mean, I, I still don't, I don't think that puts you the needle. Yeah. And, like, where this came from, where Tuka and I had the conversation, because my Chris Paul deal was actually Al Horford and a first-rounder for Matisse Stiebel to OKC for Chris Paul. Reason being um, – OKC goes all in on the rebuild. I think Horford will benefit from being in OKC. Um, you those two years you have with Chris Paul left, 
if you buy two more years of that, you still basically get those two years of prime Joel and B. All he has to do is get in shape. Um, and then you just look at some point to try to flip Ben Simmons for a decent wing player, keep uh, Tobias Harris, and uh, just see what you can write. I don't think it puts Philly over the top, but it at least keeps them at least as that top four. They at least puts them back in the top four in the East, possibly. But that was my deal for Chris Paul, just flipping him to Philly um, for Al Horford and somebody else. And then on the OKC side, you go full in on the rebuild. You hand the reins over to SGA. Thibel and Lou Dort as your wing defenders is probably going to be a nightmare for years to come. And we'll just see where, where it goes from there. So I'm okay. See, that, that doesn't work for me. I don't want Al Horford at that, at that amount of money. Period. Let's, let's do this. Uh, Sheedy and Bryce haven't went yet. Basically, y'all two choose which trade y'all prefer or if y'all prefer either or no. That Thibault trade is just not going to happen. It, you'd have to have some type of bounty on someone for that trade to go through. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, <laughs> no, there's no way anyone's touching that Al Horford contract. I'm sorry. Thank you. Like, I, I love Al Horford. I'm a Florida fan. But, hey, at that age, <laughs> that amount of money. Thank you. That's too much money. Nah. <clears throat> um, I'll, I'll touch the, the trade about Milwaukee then. Um, I, I think that's a great move, a great gesture by the Milwaukee Bucks to go get a proven Hall of Famer um, as a point guard. Um, but I also think that if you don't fix the problem of Giannis being able to be an actual scorer, then it means a damn thing. I'm sorry, I just cussed. It don't mean nothing. And teams will still find a way to shut down Giannis like they have in these past two seasons. Um, and then, so then who becomes your second player? Is it Chris Paul? Is it going to be Chris Middleton? Um, and to be honest, I'm going to be really honest. I was very, very low on mid. I like him better. He's proven more to me in this playoff run, um, than I thought he could. And so to me, and then who the, the Thunder get Eric Bledsoe. Is this ain't the 2013 Eric Bledsoe uh, from the Phoenix Suns? Um, they can go and wash everything away because um, they definitely won't be back in the playoffs anytime soon uh, with that. They're rebuilding. They, they already stayed. That's they already rebuilt. Oh. That's why. I, oh. <laughs> I hear you. I, He's I not just, hearing that word. <laughs> He's got a tired of hearing that word. So tired of the word rebuild. So tired of the word. So tired of the word. He don't like that. He don't like that. It's an entanglement of 40 million, I guess. So who cares? OKC, in my opinion, is already rebuilding. They got like 12 first round picks. How many more they need? Yeah, maybe 20. I don't know. They're going to have first round picks to the year 2031. Like, come on now. They they know how to pick. And exactly. So you don't need no more picks. <laughs> what, you, what you saying, Parks? <laughs> Those first round picks sound good until they become names. I'll say I'll leave it at that. Exactly. Mm. They try and get Bronny James. <laughs> <laughs> the teams, the teams they trade them to gotta actually be sorry for them to get those high picks though. <laughs> they gonna be late. They're gonna be late first rounders. <laughs> All right, man. It's another great episode in the book, y'all. <laughs>
like I said, with the first series with Bryce, we thank thank you for coming on. Um, Appreciate it. Like I said, this is probably a continuation on us and the Three and D podcast with Justin as well. And I know you'll probably write more articles, uh, more blogs about it, and get more. I guess who, who's your next? Do you have any idea what your next battle going to be? I haven't figured it out. Definitely the Juan Carlos Navarro, Nicolaitis one that came across my eye the other day. Interesting. Hey, I, I, got Interesting. One. I got one. I got one. I got one. I'm here. As a, as a dunker, Stromile, Swift, or Arkane Ward. Stromile. Okay. Stromile. No, nah, Arkane Ward was in the yeah. dunk contest, so. Stro- Stro- so was Stromile. Yeah. Stromile got multiple minute clips on YouTube of bodies. That's like, it's just him catching bodies. Like, it's. it's Hey, Bryce, uh, you got an idea going some, some <laughs> Okay, Stromile and Rudy Brandon Clark, Brandon Clark and uh, Stromile Swift. Brandon Clark doesn't have enough to work with. He doesn't have him. enough, yeah. Hey, Rudy Gay got bodies, though. Hold on now. All right, all right, man. We got to... Uh... <laughs> who, who, was, who, was, who was the better vet, like, going, like, almost over the... It was, like, over the hill, like, way past the prime. Eddie Jones or Bonzi Wells? Okay, Bryce, you got some extra uh, ideas. So. <laughs> hey, I'm going to change it, man. I'm going to shoot you some. I got, I got some. Yeah. <laughs> we got you, man. We got you. All right, man. Again, man, follow us on Twitter at starting five, the number five, MEM, and the Greasy Bear Blues blog at SBN. Greasy, listen to the other podcasts as well coming out throughout the weeks. Core 4 Podcast, 3D Podcast, and GBB Live. Again, it's your boy, the one, P-Shark. <laughs> That underscore Scarlett uh, and nothing changed but the weather. Oh, well, and nothing also changed but my daughter's diaper. How about that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> As always, I'm at the Art of Trevor. First letter of each word is capitalized, except of, because it's a preposition. Yeah. Um, it's really shitty. And child to you, Trevor, for about to celebrate your first year anniversary for your wedding as well. Coming up. Thank you. Make sure I hit me up on Twitter. Always talking noise at Tev Shakir T E V S H A K I R. And Bryce, where they can follow you at? Follow me at NXT Prodigy for the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. X. I still say Chris Paul should have went uh, TSU that day because me and Bryce had a conversation about that game. Set. <laughs> but hey, I was looking good. forward to seeing TSU, but you let me down. Yeah. Okay, y'all. Next time. Peace.